I'm Nicole Matthews, corporate America dropout turned entrepreneur and owner of The Henley Company, an event travel and lifestyle management firm. It wasn't that long ago that I was dreading my drive to my fancy corporate job each day or felt disenfranchised with the work I was doing. In 2007, I jumped off the corporate escalator and directly into the elevator of opportunity. Today, I'm an author, speaker, educator, and serial asker. I wholeheartedly believe that your life changes when you start creating your own opportunities and making big asks. Hands down, the business and life I have today is 100% the product of giving myself permission to design the life I want to live. It was always my dream to work at the Olympics, and by making a big ask, that dream became a reality. I now have multiple Olympic projects to add to my life resume. I created the Big Ask Podcast to share these best practices with you. Whether you're an entrepreneur hungry for revenue-generating tips or an individual restless to make a significant change, the life you want to live could be just one big ask away. Get ready to be entertained by real life stories, no filter conversations, and inspired by the daily hustle. So let's get started. This is the Big Ass Podcast. You are listening to the Big Ass Podcast, episode number seven. I'm your host, Nicole Matthews. Let's chat about books today. I think we can all agree that reading is the easiest way to escape into wild and wonderful places without even leaving your bed. I currently have three books by my bedside and I find myself switching back and forth between business books and a good old romance. Today's Big Ass Podcast is going to focus on books and multi-sensorial literary events and travels. I'm excited to introduce you to my friend, Susan Macbeth, founder and CEO of Adventures by the Book and Authorpreneurs. What I love about Susan is her enthusiasm for the written word, helping authors to connect with readers and for bringing books to life through dynamic literary events and travel. Imagine traveling with your favorite author to the setting of your favorite book. She has some amazing tours that she has done and we're going to get into those and talk about those. So I'm super excited about that. So much to talk about from today or about today from the beautiful University Club in San Diego. So let's get started. Susan, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Nicole. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about your background. And for anybody who isn't aware of who you are, let's give a little bit of an intro. Okay, great. Well, (laughs) I was born with the gift and curse of being a compulsive organizer. (laughs) And so, you know, I struggled for many years what to do with that organizational ability because I didn't want to be organizing people's closet. And I always seemed to be drawn to planning and organizing events. Events. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of stumbled upon it that way and was doing a lot of events for my kids when they were growing up, you know, organizing Boy Scout events, Girl Scout events, baseball booster clubs, that type of thing. And one day I realized, hey, I could get paid for doing something like this if <laughs> yeah. I just find the field that I'm interested in. And fast forward, the literary world came calling and uh, I started working at a bookstore and doing all their author events. I was their director of marketing at events and um, loved the job, loved meeting readers and authors and connecting people. Um, But I realized that in a retail setting, I felt a little constrained and I had this vision, I call them visions of grandeur, which I have (laughs) on a daily basis. Um, Again, another gift and curse. Um, And I had this vision of really connecting people through books, not doing the one size fits all approach to book Mm -hmm. signings Mm -hmm. and doing, you know, wine tastings and happy hours and business events and philanthropic events and even traveling with authors. So that's how the vision came about. And how long ago um, when you started 
Adventures by the Book? So I launched in 2011. Okay. So we're going on our seventh year, Amazing. which is hard to believe. Yeah. <laughs> it's been fun to follow the trajectory of, of your success oh, as well. Thank you. Yeah, it's for been sure. A really fun job. Definitely. Um, so uh, we always start by um, asking our guests to just tell us something fun that we might not know about you when we first meet you. So what would be a fun fact about you? Well, uh, a fun thing to me is that I describe myself as an adventurous spirit mm. trapped in a chicken's body. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to be, I've, I've seen these people who are adventurous, you know, they jump out of airplanes and they, you know, climb Mount Everest and they do all those things. And in my spirit, I want to do mm-hmm. all those things. Um, but then when it comes right down to it, I think, oh my God, I don't think I could do this. And um, I have a dear friend, Mary Duncan, who is an author and um, she is incredible and she's done the most amazing things. And um, one time time I had an opportunity that arose that I really wanted to do, but I was afraid. And I said, you know, if I had Mary Duncan sitting on my shoulder, what would she tell me? And I jumped for the opportunity and it was the most amazing experience and has continued to this day. And so I always, when I make a decision, say, what is Mary Duncan on my shoulder telling me to do? (laughs) Instead of the, what would Jesus do bracelets? You need a, what would Mary Duncan do? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Let's start marketing that. Maybe okay. there's, something, there's something good in that. So have you always been a big reader? Have books I always have. played an yes. important role? I grew up, um, you know, when we we didn't buy books, our family wasn't able to buy books, but our nearby library mm-hmm. was really important to us. And I would hop on my bicycle every Saturday morning and um, ride down to the nearest library. And I always asked my mom, how many books can I check out? And she mm-hmm. said, as many as you can fit in your bike basket. Okay. And I would always find a creative way to load up, you know, 10, 15, 20 books, as many as I could cram in there. And then the next Saturday I'd race off um, having poured through them and then mm-hmm. pick my next 15 to 20 books. So yes, ever since I was a little girl. And do you have a favorite genre? Um, Historical fiction, um, especially of an international flavor. Um, World War II historical fiction I'm obsessed with. Okay. Have you ever thought about writing your own book? I actually am writing my own book. Oh, good. Yes, yes. And so the reason, one of the reasons I'm obsessed with World War II historical fiction is that my mom grew up in Germany um, during the war. She was born in 1935. Um, She was not Jewish, so she was, you know, on the, quote, enemy side. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was just a little girl. She didn't know what was going on. And she led a really, really interesting and challenging life from a very different perspective than a lot of people have seen. Mm. And um, when she passed away in 2005 she was worried because she's never talked about her life um you know something she was raised to be ashamed of being german so she never talked about it and she was afraid she was going to be forgotten and so on my um at my father's grave site before she died i promised her that someday i would write her story Mm. and she would never be forgotten so that's what i'm writing now oh wonderful wonderful and how do you find that being on the author side now? Is it, can you appreciate what authors go through? Very much so. Well, you know, I'm in the very early stages of it, but, um, you know, when I talk to a lot of authors and they tell me their first book took them 10 and 15 years, I think, what? (laughs) But now, yes, that I'm on my, let's see, 2005, (laughs) 13th year, (laughs) I totally get it. (laughs) Mine took six weeks, start to finish. What? So it can be done. It can be done. Oh my gosh, I'm so impressed. Well, I had an author friend tell me one time and it it made so much sense she said you know 
if you write a, just a page a day, mm-hmm. at the end of the year, you have a book. And I yeah. said, oh my God, that sounds so simple. Right. Have I done that? No. no. <laughs> so it was great advice, but you have to follow it. Yes, you definitely do. <laughs> and you clearly did. <laughs> I found it was all in the outline. As long as you had a really strong outline and then you said, you know, for each of those chapters, here's the two to three points that I want to make, mm-hmm. right? Here's the, the case study or whatever it might be. There are the stories in, in your case that you might be telling about your mom. But then the writing actually becomes connecting those stories together, right? Because you already know when you sit down, this is the story I'm going to tell. Absolutely. Right? And so then it's just a matter of kind of the connections, right? The bridges between the, those stories. And for me, that just made more sense. And I kind of took the overwhelm out of it. Like, how am I going to sit down and write 100 pages? You know, Absolutely. That's, that's, that's great advice. Lot. Yeah. So I always, that's my, that's my piece that I pass along to aspiring authors. So maybe um, I'll have Nicole Matthews sitting on my other <laughs> yes, shoulder, my yes. writer's shoulder. Like, what yes. would Nicole say? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about when you started your business. Yes. Um, Adventures by the book. Um, had Were you modeling it after anybody or was this just a completely fresh idea? No, it was a completely fresh idea. Um, at the time, I didn't know that. So um, I was becoming increasingly frustrated with a one-size-fits-all approach mm-hmm. to book signings because I saw that there were some really incredible authors and books that came through um, and the events weren't well attended or didn't sell a lot of books. And I was trying to figure out why. Um, and I realized that they just weren't good fits. You know, uh, it, it doesn't work a one-size-fits-all approach. Mm-hmm. And I had this vision of doing outside-the-box events. Um, and so some of the things that popped up, for example, um, we did an event with um, Frances Mays, of course, the you know, international best-selling author of Under the Tuscan Sun. Mm-hmm. And I told her, I said, you know, I live vicariously through you because I've never been to Tuscany. Um, she told me, she said, you should come visit me. And, you know, just popped out of my mouth. I said, never say that to me because I will take you up on it. And she said, well, I'm serious. Come visit me. And I said, oh my God, if I wanted to come visit you in Tuscany, think of your readers would love to do that too. But, you know, my compulsive organizer, Gene says, all right, I got to get that organized. I got to make that happen. And, um... I didn't know how I was going to do that. So I just started telling some of my friends and acquaintances about it. The idea I had, you know, what if we went to Tuscany and hung out mm-hmm. with Francis Mays under the Tuscan sun? Yeah. Who does that? And um, before I know it, I had a group of people that said, we'll come with you. And I said, wow, it's that easy? Yeah. <laughs> so I quit my job. I contacted Francis and I said, remember when you told me that and I told you I was going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> um, she said, well, I'm going to be there in July. And it was already March. I said, how can I put a trip together in four months? I don't Mm -hmm. know what I'm doing. Um, But I decided, what would Mary Duncan do? She would jump at the opportunity, and I did. I quit my job. I contacted her. I said, I don't know how I'm going to get this organized. And so I reached out to some of the other Tuscan authors I had met over the years. And one of them in particular, I said, this is what I'm doing. Can we meet with you in Tuscany? And he said, well, who's organizing your tour? 
And I said, well, I haven't figured that part out yet. And he said, well, you know, my day job is I'm a tour operator in Tuscany. Oh my gosh. And I said, okay, the stars are aligning. This was meant to be, this was my message from the universe that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And he put this entire tour for us together. He connected us with other authors I hadn't met over there. It was the trip of a lifetime. Amazing. Yeah. And you know, the thing about books and connecting people is just this magic happens all the time. Mm -hmm. So I came back from Tuscany. Now, remember that I had just started the company four months ago. So I had no clear, I I was kind of an event coordinator and not really an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought, well, how am I going to plan my next trip? What am I going to do? Where am I going to take it from here? And out of the blue, this author from um, Juneau, Alaska contacted me and he said, have you ever considered an Alaskan adventure by the book? And I said, well, no, but I would definitely do it. Um, and this is this is my story I was referring to earlier about the Mary Duncan taking mm-hmm. a risk. And um, I don't know how he found me, how he heard about me, because I had just started, um, but and I had never heard of him. So I immediately got one of his books, started reading it, and I said, oh my God, he's an incredible writer. Why is he reaching out to me? And what I realized is that no publisher is gonna send an author from Alaska down to the mainland. It's too expensive. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't believe in self-promotion. So people aren't um, as aware of him as they should be. He's an incredible writer. And so he said, why don't you come up to Alaska? I actually live 30 minutes outside of Juneau in the wilderness. Um, I don't have internet. I have a car, but you don't have to rent a car. Save yourself the expense. I'll pick you up. Um, And I'm thinking to myself, so you want me to go to (laughs) Alaska from San Diego (laughs) and stay with you in your home, a man I've never met with no cars, so I'm trapped, no internet, my cell phone won't work Mm -hmm. if I need help, if you kill me. Nobody's ever going to know. This feels like a dateline. Like this is heading towards a dateline. And that's where my mind goes. This is a dateline episode. But the Mary Duncan on my shoulder said, what would you do? Because my adventurous spirit said, oh my God, I want to do this so badly. And so, you know, I I thought, well, I'll talk to my family about it. I talked to my husband. He says, oh my God, that's a great opportunity. You have to go. And I said, so it doesn't bother you that I would go to an Alaska and stay in the home of a strange man I've never met? And he says, no, he's an author. I said, well, you don't think authors could be serial killers too, you know? <laughs> he said, you should do it, you should do it. And I thought, he's he's very adventurous. So I thought, I'm not listening to him. I want to listen to people who are more sane. Mm-hmm. So I talked to both my kids. My son said, oh my God, mom, that's great. You've got to do it. And I said, so you wouldn't worry about me staying with a strange man? And he says, no, it's a great opportunity. Go, go. I said, all right, I'm going to talk to my daughter. She'll talk some sense right. into me. And she says, oh, mom, that's a great opportunity. Go. And I said, so as a female, you would go and stay in the home of a single man? She says, not me. You're doing it. <laughs> so, and you're not worried? So, no, they they weren't worried. I decided, you know what? I'm going for it. This is how magic happens. So the night before the trip, I'm having um, a meeting with my book club. And I said, well, I have to leave early because I'm going to Alaska in the morning. And they said, what? Why are you going to Alaska? I share the story and every single one of them says, are you crazy? He could be a silly or ki- serial killer. <laughs> I said, oh my God, what am I doing? And at that point I had my flight. I uh-huh. had the mindset I was going, but I was scared to death. I thought he really could be. And to make things more complicated is he lived by himself. 
um, in a place that had a bedroom for him upstairs, but downstairs I was going to stay in this like open area. So I didn't have a door to lock, okay. um, to hide in if I was, something happened. Oh um, but I did it. Um, and afterwards, since I survived, uh-huh. It was so magical and incredible. And every year since then, we've run an Alaskan adventure by the book. It has been magical. Yeah. So, you know, I listened to Mary Duncan. Mm-hmm. I followed my adventurous spirit, put my um, chicken body <laughs> aside for a little bit, and the magic happened. That but it's all because the power of books that connect. Right. Absolutely. So in the spirit of the podcast being the big ask, mm-hmm. um, not only did you sort of have to do a big ask of yourself, right, but Absolutely. you're the people who are around you but more so when you got there what was your ask of him um, you mean the first time before yeah, we actually yes, did the trip? Yes. Um, you know, I just wanted to find out a little bit about him, mm-hmm. what kind of person he was, what kind of experience readers could have by coming up there. Okay. Because um, his background is he is a world-renowned wilderness um, mm. tour guide. So he knows the area like nobody else would know. So you would go up there and not get the typical cruise ship tour mm-hmm. of Alaska, which is what most people experience sure. because that's what they know to sure. do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said, I want to know what you can do that's not a cruise ship that's not a one-size-fits-all that can um, open up Alaska and you as a writer and your books um, in a way that nobody else has experienced. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's what I wanted from him. Yeah. And so now when you're up there every year, what do those tours look like? What kind of activities are you doing? So we, I mean, every year it's, we do similar things, but for the traveler, um, we call them adventurers. Mm -hmm. um, It's very different for them. And um, every year we have heard the same thing from people. It is like a a life altering experience. Um, And he doesn't set an itinerary. And that's the thing I like about it, which at first I was, had a struggle with because I'm a little bit OCD (laughs) and to have an open itinerary says, I'm just going to wake up and tell you what we feel like doing. And I thought, Uh, oh, I don't know how this is going to work, but it did. I mean, he'd wake up and say, you know, I've never seen the waters so calm. Let's go kayaking. Um, And to see these Alaskan majestic peaks in the background while we're kayaking the Alaskan waters and, you know, you see whales and, Mm -hmm. you know, all this incredible wildlife. It's magical. Or one day the skies were calm and he said, let's um, rent a pilot and take a float plane over, you know, the fifth largest ice field in the world. And we did. And I said, oh my God, I mean, how does this happen? Yeah. But you have to be open to it. Absolutely. And then how much of the book is connected to that experience? I mean, is there a a time when you all discuss his book or is there sort of the book club, for lack of a better word, experience as part of the travel? Yes, absolutely. So in this case, which is unusual from our other trips, is um, we stay actually in his home. Okay. And so when we're done for the day doing our outings, we come back and have dinner together. It's, you know, they're very small, intimate groups Mm -hmm. because we do stay in his home. And then we have discussions each night. We learn more about his experiences in life as a wilderness tour guide, as a writer. Um, And then we did, we had a book club like dinner in his home where Mm -hmm. he talked about his book. Nicole, it was the most remarkable thing. I mean, I think we were all crying by the end of the evening. It was really unbelievable. I didn't get that from reading his book. I mean, I loved his book and I was really touched by it and really impressed by his writing. 
but to take it to the next level Mm -hmm. and really get to know him intimately and what that book means to him and what his experiences um, that drew drew him to write it. Mm -hmm. That's the magic that happens at our events. Yeah, Um, absolutely. What's the demographic that is mostly traveling with you? What's your target market? um, I would say that it's, you know, my demographic is kind of me because I've modeled this based on experiences I want to have. And it's, you know, middle-aged women who have, um, uh, you know, who have a little bit of disposable income and who are looking for something different. You know, they, you know, anybody with a few dollars and a few extra days off can, can travel to Tuscany or can travel mm-hmm. to Alaska on their own. But, you know, they're going to do it like through a cruise ship or through mm-hmm. a package tour through Costco or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're looking for people who want different experiences, mm-hmm. who want to take their experiences to the next level. Yeah. Well, and as we move deeper into the experiential economy, um, you know, you're right in line with that. You know, it's again, it's not what sort of money can buy, you know, that access. And exactly. Because we, we do have a culture now where, you know, as a general rule, where, you know, a lot of us are, are comfortable enough that mm-hmm. we can, you know, we can do things um, that maybe a generation ago we couldn't have. Mm-hmm. And so people are looking for something, something more meaningful. Mm-hmm. And that's what we keep hearing over and over from our events is they're more meaningful. They're more connective. Right. I know you also do events locally here in San Diego, so mm-hmm. sort of on a small, much smaller scale, more of a, a lunch with an author or a tea or something. Right. Talk a little bit about kind of how that all came to um, be part of your portfolio. Yeah. So um, one of the events um, we did at the bookstore was lunch with an author and the bookstore t- typically didn't do that. And this came about through, you know, a complex series of things that I'm not going to go into, but we ended up having lunch or I think it was dinner with the author. And for years after, people kept coming to me saying, when are you going to do that event? That was the mm. best event you've ever done. And I thought, you're right. You know, it really was. And it and it was for that connective reason. But I didn't think about it at the time mm-hmm. until afterwards. And I kept hearing from people. And I said, you know, I want to recreate that. I want to have, um, you know, I want to take a book and make it more real. I want to take it to the next level to make it more interactive. So, for example, if the book took place in France, why not have the event over a French dinner mm-hmm. and really get in the spirit of it? Or, um, uh, you know, we, we have an Old West uh, themed book coming up. And so let's have it at an Old West saloon in Old Town and yeah. have, you know, a fun brunch and just make it a little more interactive. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you know, I call them multi-sensorial events. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I try to plan when I when I hear about an author or a book. Um, I try to think what would make a good fit that would bring readers into the experience. Mm-hmm. So do you find that you read differently now? Now with sort of your business mindset of how do we create an experience around this book? not just as a leisurely reader. Oh my gosh, it's a disease. <laughs> it's a disease. I mean, the first the, the first time somebody mentions a book or an author, my mind immediately goes to, oh, what kind of event could we do for them? Mm-hmm. Oh, wouldn't it be fun to do this? Or wouldn't it be great to do that? And yeah, I imagine so, it's yeah. the curse of, a little bit of the curse of, of your industry now, right? Well, and yeah. you, you would know as an entrepreneur, uh-huh. right? You're always thinking ideas yes. in your head and it is a gift and a curse until, you know, it's a gift when you have these great ideas and then it's a curse when you keep yourself up all night thinking, oh my gosh, I could be doing this and I could be doing that. And, um, you know, at some point you have to say, wait, I can only do so much. Yes. Is uh, What's the direction for your business going forward? 
forward in terms of um, opening additional chapters, if you will, kind of keeping of the book theme, but in other cities, have you been approached for growth in other cities? I mean, it'd be exhausting for you to keep your pace, but now spreading it out amongst other cities. So do you need some champions in in those cities as well? Yes. So that is a struggle I've been thinking about for a couple of years, because when I started the company, I said, surely other people elsewhere are doing this. I just don't know of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But the more time went on, the more I started hearing from not just readers, but from publishers, from publicists, from literary agents, from authors, nobody's doing this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, every once in a while you can go to um, a club or an organization and do a a tea or a lunch with an author, but nobody's like creating a business out of doing these events. And immediately I started getting requests. When are you going to start Adventures by the Book in, in, in Chicago, in Virginia Beach, in San Francisco? Mm-hmm. And so the um, interest has been there all along. The challenge is that, first of all, I go back to my OCD and perfectionism that I want to be at every event to uh-huh. ensure that it goes perfectly and smoothly and that the adventurers are happy, the author is happy, um, and everybody uh, sees the magic that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have to get over that if mm-hmm. I... I want to do that. And so we've toyed with some ideas. We were running a series in um, an area of Los Angeles for a while. We're, we're starting up a little bit in Orange County. Um, I have interest from, you know, Chicago, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, um, Boston, New York um, to do events there. And so I'm just kind of exploring mm-hmm. possibilities at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are interested. Um We'll see where that goes. Yeah, Stay tuned. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Well, I mean, you could still, of course, run the mothership, but it's nice to have <laughs> other, you know, the big tours coming out of, you know, your direction, but Absolutely. the smaller author events in the local market, that would, you know, make sense to grow into other markets. So Absolutely. That's great. Let's talk a little bit about publishing in general. Mm-hmm. Um, how has the whole self-publishing world changed the book world, changed your connection with the industry what do you what do you is it good is it bad is it a fad what what, where are we right now with that yeah I definitely don't think it's a fad I mean it is you know the publishing industry has changed dramatically over the last 10 years and that's actually one of the reasons I started Adventures by the Book is I thought well the publishing industry is changing um, dramatically Mm -hmm. but the model for book signing events has not and you see more and more self-published authors who want to get in on that game Mm -hmm. Um, but it's a challenge because you know bookstores are already saturated and only can do a limited amount as it is with authors who are on book tours to then incorporate self-published authors. A lot of them are finding it harder to bring self-published authors in. Um, And there's some really incredible self-published authors out there. And and the great thing is that... um, Anybody who wants mm-hmm. to can write a book. Mm-hmm. And the downside is that anybody yes. <laughs> who wants to can write a book because not everyone's meant to be a writer. Mm-hmm. But that being said, you know, I encourage everyone who wants to write a book, they should definitely do it. And they have to figure out what their goals are and what their reasons are behind doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's opened up the doors dramatically. And I know a lot of really successful authors, not a lot, but some of them are really dipping their toes into the self-publishing world, too, to see how that changes their mm-hmm. uh, their experience with publishing. And I think now with social media and other platforms for being your own marketer, you know, it changes 
from a self-publishing standpoint, right? You can be your own publisher in terms of the additional services that that publisher provides, not just book production, but the marketing and the promotion and all of that. And so if you don't have that big name behind you, some might feel like, well, I'll never get my book sold. But now through other channels, I'm sure authors are using social media and other platforms to make sure that their book gets out into the hands. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, you know, if you're um, an entrepreneur, if you're self-motivated, if you have some disposable income, Mm -hmm. you know, self-publishing can be a really good experience. Um, But, you know, you have to get educated about the process Mm -hmm. because what I'm finding with a lot of self-published authors is, um, you know, they publish their book and then they think, okay, my work is done. Right. And then they realize, oh, wait a minute, you know, we can't do events at bookstores. We can't do this. Right. We're not business people. We don't know how to market our books. Mm -hmm. So now what do we do? Mm -hmm. And I've seen that over and over again. Um, And it was really sad to me. And actually, one of the other... ventures I got into was um, what I call authorpreneurs mm-hmm. um, because I I didn't see myself running a second company. Um, I was really invested in Adventures by the Book, but after being um, contacted by so many self-published authors, I kind of felt bad for them. You know, the maternal mm-hmm. side of me came out and said, I want to be able to help them. Yeah without running a second company, what what can I do? And I thought, I just want to educate them about the business of writing, you know, the business side, so that once they're done with their book, they get the concept of what they need to mm-hmm. do. Um, and so um, that's why I started that secondary um, series, Authorpreneurs. And I started doing workshops and, and that type of thing. Um, and it grew so fast. The need was so overwhelming mm-hmm. that I actually had to put that on a hiatus for, okay. for the time being because it, it, there's so many writers out there, self-published writers, um, independent published writers who don't know what to do after that, mm-hmm. that it really is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So um, and I, j- I can't take that on in addition <laughs> to Adventures by the Book. So, um, you know, kind of uh, putting that on hold for the yeah. time being. It's time for you to be a massive company, it sounds like. <laughs> well, wouldn't that be great? Yes. <laughs> I see you in a corporate office. I see you without the people on your staff. This is, this is really growing into something, this little idea that you had, right? Yes. So um, I know you have another project that you're working on that currently excites you. So let's talk a little bit about Novel Network. Okay. So I can't even explain how excited I am about this. And this has come about a little bit out of authorpreneurs is I saw the need being greater. Um, But then a little bit about um, meeting authors and uh, readers through Adventures by the Book is for years, I haven't had authors ask me, you know, I really want to connect with more book clubs, but I don't Mm -hmm. know how to go about finding them. And um, on the other side of the coin, I've had book clubs say, you know, we want authors to come visit our homes or Skype with us. Or, you know, many book clubs don't even know that authors are willing to do that. Mm. But we don't know how to go about finding them. And I thought, you know what? There is nothing in place that connects them. And so I started this um, brainstorming process. I call it my percolation period, where I let <laughs> things percolate and, uh-huh. and process it. And I just started reaching out and doing some focus group studies with book clubs and with authors saying, you know, what do you think about this? And what are you looking for? And um, how do you envision this working? And what would you want to get out of it? And, um, you know, three years later, I decided, you know, I'm going to start this. And and, um, so we are literally just launching Novel Network right now. 
and we already have dozens of author members who have joined, um, they're looking for ways to connect with book clubs mm-hmm. because they realize this is a great way to meet readers mm-hmm. um, and readers who are really enthused about about meeting them and want to do it in the comfort of their own home, a glass of wine. Um, it's really been fun. So, you know, immediately we got dozens of authors on board and we have authors from the East Coast to Alaska, to Texas, North Carolina, the Midwest, and, you know, lots of course on the West Coast. Um, and then um, we're just now starting to reach out to book clubs to okay. get book club members and book clubs can join for free. They just register their book club and then they have access to our database of member authors and we're getting literally um, author members every day. So, mm-hmm. you know, we envision this going big. I mean, yeah. um, the the interest we have gotten and the feedback we have gotten is, you know, this is amazing. You know, this is what we've been looking for. Mm-hmm. We just didn't know how to do it. We didn't know it existed and, and it actually didn't until now, as far as we know. Right. Um, so we're super excited about it. And, you know, we've already gotten our first bookings on the site, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, there's a certain um, criteria, though, for the author. It's not open to every author. Right. So the important thing to us was that the books be vetted somehow. And we don't have the time to do that. I mean, our goal is to have, you know, hundreds and hundreds of authors and thousands of book clubs. And so we don't have time to vet all those books. So we did at the... Uh, early stages have to set some criteria. Mm And so the criteria are you have to either be published by a traditional mainstream publisher or you have to have some, you know, one, some major national international award that, you know, that that is a vetting process in itself, as is um, the number of books you sell. Um, so if, if you've independently published print on demand and you've sold over 5000 print copies of one of your books, then you also qualify. And, and it's not that we're trying to exclude self-published authors. We really aren't. And we hope that someday we have a model for that, Mm -hmm. but we have to find a way to vet those because when book clubs join, they have the expectation that, you know, they don't want to read every single book that Mm -hmm. is published because some of them are more um, generated for, you know, family audiences Mm -hmm. versus the the mainstream reader uh, world. So that's the reason we have done it that way. Let's talk a little bit about the dynamics of book clubs. Mm -hmm. It feels like it's been a generation now where people refer to my book club that I'm a member of. Um, Are millennials starting book clubs and where's where's it it headed? Yeah, absolutely. Millennials are. And I can't say I'm as knowledgeable about that market since I'm 60 years old. (laughs) But, um, you know, we are exploring that market, too, and seeing, you know, we have a lot of millennial authors Mm -hmm. who are interested in connecting with a millennial audience. And and kind of ironically is um, we were doing some test test book club visits with authors here locally when we were um, launching. And we had a middle aged group of women who read really serious fiction. I mean, heavy topics, Holocaust and, you know, racism and those kind mm-hmm. of things. That's what they are drawn to as far as reading and like to discuss. Um, but they were looking for something just to escape that for a while. And they invited one of our millennial authors um, who wrote kind of a millennial love story. Um, 
and they invited her to their book club. And I, you know, I was a little hesitant. I thought, how is this going to yeah. work? Because they're really, you know, talking about the Holocaust and then talking about a millennial love story, you know, are they going to enjoy it? What are they going to get out of it? And the funny thing was, it was such a beautiful experience mm. because they were, they loved the book. Um, it did exactly what they were hoping to do is just have a lighter mm-hmm. um, experience. And they learned a lot too from this millennial author. Um, in fact, one of the points of discussion came to be um, discussing what a, um, I think it was a booty call was. <laughs> and so I like to tell people, I said, you know, I'm not going to elaborate on that because what happens at Adventures by the Book and Novel Network's yes. events stays there. Yes, absolutely. Oh, that's great. A little yeah. education for everybody exactly. involved. That's great. That's great. So what is the, um, what are the best characteristics of a book club? What, I mean, if, what makes them continue year after year in, you know, this particular group of women that you were just referring to? It sounds like there's probably been some long longevity in that in that group. So yeah. what 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 keeps that sort of together? I think their passion for learning, um, their willingness to explore things that uh, they may not normally be exposed to, that they have the opportunity to be exposed to through books, and also the friendship and camaraderie of mm-hmm. um, connecting with each other and bonding on a deeper level. I mean, it's amazing how much you learn about a person mm-hmm. by what they read mm-hmm. and their reactions to what they're reading. And when I visited a lot of these book club connections that we had made through Novel Network, I was sitting back kind of as as an observer, but I was floored at the amount of uh, connection that takes place and how much you learn. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's actually one of my ideas too, is is doing a dating adventures by the book, because Uh I feel like that is a great way to meet people um, through what books they read. Yes. What are you currently reading? I am currently reading, let's see, multiple books. I'm reading a book called The Culture Code by Daniel Coyle. It's one of my business books. So I always try to have a business book going Mm -hmm. and always try to have an event book going. So I'm reading um, The Subway Girls as well. So um, I have a fun event coming up. Uh, The author lives in New York and she's coming to San Diego and we're doing just a fun brunch adventure in Carlsbad um, to talk about her book. And then um, I always try to have something that I just pick up on my own and I just picked up a, an advanced copy of a book called The Age of Light um, by a Boston debut author who I met um, uh, at an event a couple months ago there. Mm-hmm. A phenomenal read about um, Man Ray and Lee Miller. Okay. And what is your process for buying books? Are you an online shopper or do you still love to go into a bookstore? Well, um, both. I, I do love going into a bookstore. Yeah. I do shop online. But, you know, that's one of the perks of being in the industry. So I rarely have to buy a oh, that's true. So. Probably the people are, things are getting sent to you, of course. Exactly. Of course. Yeah. Which is great. I feel like my job is it's Christmas every day. Yeah. And my husband jokes at me because every day we have a package at our door mm-hmm. and he says, and you never fail to get excited. I jump up and down and say, oh my gosh, I have a present today and I know it's another book. Oh, and that's amazing. Yeah. I don't have many vices, but books is, you know, a, yeah, definitely an illness with me. Right. <laughs> I was traveling in Boston last summer and we were coming walking back to our, the apartment after dinner and we stopped at this bookstore and it must have been probably 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night, probably a Friday night, if I remember. And that bookstore was absolutely buzzing. And it was, I even said to my dad, isn't it wonderful that at 10 o'clock on a Friday night, there's so many people in this bookstore when there's 
so many other ways to get books nowadays. Absolutely. But yet they still wanted to stand at the racks and, you know, thumb through the pages. And uh, it was it really was sort of the special little like oh, it gave me hope that there's still people who love reading. That's you know, wonderful. Yeah, to hear it that. was and really special. And really that's one special. of the reasons we love doing what we do is yeah. we want people to get excited about reading. Mm-hmm. And one of the most meaningful moments is um, a couple years back, I had a publisher contact me and said, you know, we're doing um, Comic Con with these two authors. They're young women. Um, they write very edgy books, kind of think of Fifty Shades of Grey for younger women. Okay. And they said, we want you to put an Adventures by the Book event together, kind of like a VIP reception prior to the opening of Comic Con. And I said, oh my God, that would be so much fun, but I don't have the demographic for that. And yeah. I want to be really candid with you about that. And they said, oh no, we'll bring the people. We just want a signature Adventures by the Book event. Oh. So we did the most amazing happy hour event. It was it was such an eye opener <laughs> because they're reading from the book and I'm thinking, oh my God, is this what young people are reading? It was incredible to watch them get excited about it Yeah. Um, at a different level. Mm-hmm. And I even had a woman come up to me after the event and she said, you know, to be honest, I've never read a book in my adult life, but I wanted to come to this event because it sounded like such fun. And this is the first book I've read in my adult life. And I thought, oh my God, if this event got someone excited enough to read that it was her first book as an adult, then I'm doing the right thing. Absolutely. Well, and I think anyone who is in the space of teaching, I mean, what a great, um, you know, insight into how do we teach kids you know, if not just ask them to read a book, but how as teachers can we then transform that experience for them into truly an experience around the book and not just have it be an assignment, but to have it be an experience. You know, I sort of challenge teachers that might be listening to think about books in a very different way in terms of creating an experience for kids so that they do develop that early love and passion for reading because yeah. they can see it in a different way. It's not just words on a page, exactly, but, they, but it can really come to life for yeah. them. And one of our most meaningful events actually um, came out of excuse me, I um, hosted uh, Damon John, uh-huh. so from the Shark Tank. Sure. Um, we did multiple corporate events with him in San Diego, including a fabulous one at the University yes. Club here. Um, but I asked his publicist, I said, you know, since he's coming in town anyway, I just have this vision. I always try to incorporate a philanthropic mm-hmm. element wherever I can, because that's important to me personally. Yeah. Um, and I said, would he be open to the idea of doing a philanthropic event? And so um, we partnered with a local school Reality Changers, uh-huh. who works um, with, uh, you know, eighth grade and up children, students, I guess, not children, yeah. um, who have come from, you know, challenging backgrounds and need a little extra um, assistance and support. And this Reality Changers organization is phenomenal. And they do have a school, um, an after school program. And so, you know, I contacted them and said, I'd love to do something with Damon John there. Are you open to it? And of course they said, you know, he comes, Damon John comes from a similar background backgrounds Mm -hmm. to these students, it would be really meaningful. So, you know, long story short, we were able to set that up. We took Damon to um, the event and it was open to the public, but before the event, we had a private meeting with these students. Mm -hmm. Nicole, it was the most meaningful experience because these kids were opening it up in a way that you know they don't otherwise. They were, he shared his experiences and they felt it was a safe place 
that they could share their similar stories. And some of the hardships these kids have been through was just heartbreaking. And the fact that they connected with him and they were going to read his book about, you know, his book's called Rise and Grind. And Mm -hmm. that's what it really is. And you know that as an entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. but students need to hear that too, is you just get up every day, you rise Mm -hmm. and you grind, you do Mm -hmm. your school, you work hard Mm -hmm. um, and you can succeed just like he did. Yeah. And so, yeah, doing school events is, is really fabulous. I think it's a great teaching tool. Yeah, that's great. So circling back to the the theme of the big ask, Mm -hmm. you must have to make some big asks, you know, in in the work that you're doing and talking to publishers. I'm sure it's getting a little easier now because they're coming to you. But in the beginning, you know, you kind of feel like I'm just one person in San Diego with this idea, looking for someone to listen to what I have to say. So what was that like for you in the beginning when you were sort of asking authors to take a risk with you or publishers or venues or whatever? Um, What was your experience with sort of making those big asks? Well, it's kind of embarrassing to admit because I was, you know, I knew I was starting this from ground zero. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm willing to put in the work. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. I'm willing to earn my stripes. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't have to start with, you know, the Damon Johns and the Daniel Pinks. um, And I'm perfectly okay and content with that. And, but the, the magic that happened is they all started coming to me and said, oh my God, we heard what you're doing. Finally, something is, somebody is doing something innovative and different. And I never really had to ask, and I have asked, but just, uh, you know, where circumstances align that, oh, I have this great opportunity. Um, We're doing corporate events now too. We're finding that business authors are looking for better fit. You know, it doesn't make sense for a business author to go to a bookstore as a general rule Mm -hmm. um, when we can be taking them to corporations and organizations like the University Club Mm -hmm. who really benefit from it. Um, It's a better fit demographic. And so, you know, we're starting to ask for better fits. You know, we have this opportunity. So for example, a corporation will come to me and say, you know, we're having a, you know, I'll just make something up like a a women's day. And can you get us a, an author who can speak to Mm -hmm. motivating women or inspiring Mm -hmm. women? Um, So that's where I'm starting to ask is to fill those requests that we're getting, which Mm -hmm. is fabulous. I mean, it's almost, um, it's, it's like a game is who, who, who is the best fit? what can make the best, you know, most magical event and make mm-hmm. the, um, the best connection. So what about San Diego um, as an author's market? Um, do you do you find that we have good, really strong authors here or? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We have great authors here in San Diego. And the funny thing is, is I, um, one of the focus groups I was meeting with, uh, one of the book clubs, when I was just uh, researching Novel Network is they said, well, we want to meet authors, but there's only three in San Diego. And I thought, three? Where did they come up with that? There's dozens of fabulous authors. Mm-hmm. Um, but And that was another reason for um, uh, Novel Network is, you know, you know th- the general reader doesn't know. They know who their favorite authors are and who they like to read. And they may go to their website and gather some information. Where do they live? And would they be willing to work with us? But, you know, they have to go searching for that. I wanted to make it easy and have that available. So... <clears throat> They can search specifically for San Diego authors and see who is here and who's willing to visit their book club. And if they don't live in San Diego, they live in Boston, for example, then they can schedule a a Skype visit or a video chat with an author. Amazing. Now technology changes things, right? It sure does. Makes the world, the big world, very small. Yes. And I love that. Yeah. No, that's great. What, uh, what, what's on the calendar for Adventures by the Book? What's coming up that we should know about? Well, we have our annual trip to Alaska coming up next week, as a matter of fact, Mm -hmm. which, or week after next. 
next. Um, we also have a um, Patagonia penguins and Patagonia oh, tour. I saw that. This Amazing. Fall. I'm so excited about it. So we're going with author Midge Raymond, who um, is a former penguin researcher during her college days. So she had all the connections down there. She wrote a book. It's fiction, but it takes place in Antarctica. Mm-hmm. And um, my husband and I just celebrated our 40th wedding anniversary. Oh, and thank you. We've always wanted to go to Antarctica. And I said, well, <laughs> if we're down in Patagonia anyway, yeah. and we're reading a book about Antarctica, we might as well go to Antarctica. Yeah. So, um, and then some of our travelers decided they want to join us and do that too. So, you Great. know, um, that's coming up. We just went to Thailand in March with the world's um, most renowned vegan chef. He opened up a cooking school in Thailand and my husband's vegan. I wanted to take him there as a surprise to the cooking school, but the dates didn't align with our calendar. So I approached the author of the uh, cookbook and said, would you be willing to do an Adventures by the Book uh-huh. Thailand tour? A big ask. Yes. And he said, well, what do you have in mind? And I said, well, I don't know, but I want to talk to you about <laughs> yes. it. And so we sat down and talked and he mm-hmm. said, let's make this happen. And we put it together, had a full tour, mm-hmm. spent in a magical 10 days in Thailand of all places. I yeah. mean, it was amazing. So yeah, I mean, we're exploring so many opportunities for 2019, 2020. Um, I was at Book Expo, uh, a trade show, the biggest book trade Mm -hmm. show in the U.S. um, in May. And I happened to run into a friend of mine who's a New York Times bestselling author. And I I said, what are you working on next? And um, she says, I want to go on one of your trips with you. And I said, well, where's your next book takes place? And she said, Australia. And perfect. I said, okay, let's go to Australia. And she said, all right, well, I have to write the book first. (laughs) But she said, let's stay in touch. And I went, love to do an Australian event with you. So, you know, that's great. Maybe be looking for that in 2020. (laughs) Yes. What I like, I like what you said though, about your big ask is that you're uh, with that vegan chef Mm -hmm. is you didn't necessarily know what you were asking for. Right. Sometimes the big ask is just, will you explore an idea with me? So for people who feel like you, you know, needed to go to that chef with, here's the laundry list of exactly what I'm asking for. I have found the big ask is inviting the conversation a lot of times. And then what really comes out of that conversation a lot of times is much bigger or better than what you might have envisioned in your own mind to begin with. To allow him the permission to be a contributor to the experience, I'm sure, took it to a different level than what you might have been anticipating when you were kind of doing your own brainstorming about what that experience is. So I love what you said about just the big ask in terms of you know, inviting the conversation, really. And that I sounds totally like, and that sounds you. like you're open to, this isn't exactly what I'm looking for, but here's what uh, the concept of what I'm looking for. So I think that's an important uh, takeaway from, for our listeners is that you don't always have to have an exact ask. It's more about just making the ask of have a conversation with me. And, and I think that's a really important point you make, mm-hmm. because what I have learned too, is if you ask for something very specific and the answer to that is no, that shuts the conversation down, mm-hmm. but you're right. If you open it to, this is what I have in mind, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm open to other suggestions, um, uh, a conversation. Yeah. And, and that has happened before. In fact, I use that philosophy. Um, I used to go to book expo every year um, and I'd set up meetings with publishers and um, industry professionals and I'd have specific asks in mind. This is what I want to do. This is the vision I have. And that was fine. But one year I was a little burned out. I said, I just don't want to work. I want to go there. I just want to enjoy the trade show. Uh I want to meet the authors, find out what books are coming out. Um, I got more business done that way than I've ever had planning it. And it's because I just, I wasn't expecting anything. I had no expectations. Um, 
and everything just happened organically. I'd run into a publicist I'd know and they're like, well, what are you doing? We have this author coming out and we want to send them to San Diego and, uh-huh. um, or this author's having a picnic right now. Go, go join them. And, and we did and we set up an event around it and um, there's so many things. And now every year when I go to Book Expo, I don't make appointments. Mm-hmm. I just allow the magic to happen. Yeah. And I've done that three years in a row now and it has not failed. In mm-hmm. fact, this time in May, the same thing happened. And so many other things happened. The idea for a potential Australian 2020 tour. I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen, but the right. idea that it could happen. Um, and then she had a friend who I had always wanted to meet and never met. She said, oh, I just did a podcast with her. I'll take you to meet her. So we did. And we started exploring the idea. Yeah. And so we're planning. Um, she lives on the East Coast. And she said, I have family in LA. I want to do an adventure by the book with you. And next time I come, I'm going to let you know, and we'll set something up. So these are just the kind of things that mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. when you allow um, that yes, definitely. to happen. And I think it also speaks to you're definitely operating in your highest vibration, right? You know that you're in the place that you're supposed to be. So yes. right now, sort of everything is aligning because the universe is saying, this is a great idea. We're going to continue to present these ideas, um, you know, these opportunities to you. So that's always fun to watch another entrepreneur who's really in their their highest vibration, as I, as I say. And it is amazing how when you're operating in that place, opportunities are presenting themselves or you're more open to new opportunities. So that's fun to, that's fun to watch you in that space. And I like your use of the word vibration because, um, you know, I told you I was reading Dan Coyle's new book, um, The Culture Code. And one of the stories he shares is about Dan Shea, the founder of Zappos. Mm -hmm. And he uses the word collision, um, Mm -hmm. that he tries to make collisions happen. And, you know, it's the same kind of concept, the vibration. Mm -hmm. um, And it just really hit me when he said that is, you know, when he invites people to interview for a job, he doesn't have a traditional interview. Mm -hmm. He invites you to Las Vegas to visit Zappos. Um, He doesn't give you a tour. He doesn't tell you about the background of the company. He said, here's six names, connect with them. And they're like, what, you know, who are these people and why am I supposed to meet them? That's for them to figure out. Yeah. Collisions, vibrations. I mean, I love that. Right. Exactly. That's so great. So who's been an important mentor for you professionally through your life? Oh my gosh. I've had so many. Well, Mary Duncan, as I mentioned, Mm -hmm. is one. She sits on my shoulder. Um, (laughs) Kathy Diamond is another local author. Um, She invited me to uh, join a writing group that she's um, a part of. And it's just, it's not necessarily published authors, but writing professionals. Mm -hmm. And they're just there to support and encourage each other. And she's encouraged me um, so many ways in in business and in writing my book. Um, uh, You know, I look at authors like Jenna Blum, who Mm -hmm. um, is an international bestseller, and she actually was kind of the the inspiration behind Novel Network, her story. But, you know, she's just a remarkable, she's an incredibly talented writer. But when she wrote her first book, you know, nobody knew who she was, Mm -hmm. but she took the bull by the horns and she created her path. And, you know, I I think she's responsible. I mean, obviously it doesn't happen, you know, unless she's an incredibly talented writer, but she took the bull by the horns and decided where she wants to take this. And she did it. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, we can all do that. Yeah, what you can learn from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Who do you look up to professionally besides those three? Professionally, you know, there's so many. I... um it's hard to narrow down any. I mean, I, I, I kind of take something I can learn from 
from everybody I've either been motivated by or inspired by. You know, I, I look at a lot of authors, you know, like Dan Pink and mm-hmm. um, Dan Quayle, Adam Grant, Susan Cain, all these people who have these visions, these ideas that they want to explore and share. Um, you know, I, I look up to my daughter mm-hmm. who's, you know, she's an emergency room physician. Oh she's just, yeah, she's yeah. in her um, last year of fellowship doing a um, an ultrasound global health fellowship. And she got a job offer from Stanford Medical Center, which she turned down. And I said, who turns that down? Yeah. And I asked her, I said, you know, anybody would give their eye teeth to yeah. work at Stanford Medical Center. Why did you turn it down? And she said, well, first of all, I don't want to live in San Francisco. It's too crowded, too expensive. It's not my mm-hmm. personality. And she said, this job has given me the opportunity to travel the world. Um, to work in third world countries where they really need me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just think, you know, she's 31 years old and she's giving up the prestige right. and to do something that she really believes in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I so admire her and women like her, mm-hmm. people like her. You know, mm-hmm. my son and my daughter-in-law, they're in San Francisco. They're running a, they're both entrepreneurs and running a startup company. And I admire them that, you know, they aren't following the traditional path. They're taking risks risks, um, doing things. They don't know whether it's going to be successful or not, but they believe in it so much they want to do it. And so, you know, I I feel like I look up to anyone who follows their passion. Mm -hmm. Um, I I like to say that if somebody else is doing something, I don't want to do it. Um, I want to create my own path, um, have my own vision, Mm -hmm. follow my own passion. And those are the people that I admire. People like you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Are you finding that anybody's starting to replicate your idea? Has that come down the path yet for um, you? I've had millions of people, not millions, but you know, a ton of people who have said, we want to do what you're doing. Um, you know, whether they've gone out and done it, I have no idea. I've yeah. had a lot of people, I, I had a woman from San Francisco say, I think what you're doing is amazing. I want to replicate it here in San Francisco. So she said, I'm going to come to San Diego. We're going to sit down over lunch. And um, actually it was over tea. And she said, I'm just going to pump you and you give me all the information you can to start up my company here and I'll buy you a cup of tea. Oh, sure. Thought, that's oh, that's an equal okay. exchange. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I hope you drank a lot of sure, tea that day. Sure. <laughs> so, um, you know, I get those kind of requests yeah. all the time. I mean, probably almost daily. Mm. You know, we want to do what you're doing. We love what you're doing. How can we replicate it? How can we mm. be a part of it? Um, which is flattering in one respect, yeah. um, of course, but I don't have the time to mentor everybody. Mm-hmm. So, you know, hence the idea of potentially replicating Adventures by the Book in other cities. Yeah. Um, once I get over my OCD and perfectionism of having to be there, um, but you know we are expanding. We're we're doing. Um, we've been doing um, corporate events in San Francisco now for a couple years which is really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we take business authors up there and fit them with um, corporate groups and yeah. nonprofits uh, who are looking for innovative ways to engage their employees, engage their customers, mm-hmm. their colleagues. So, yeah, um, I love it. I love that you are so in your niche, which I think is brilliant. I mean, and what a fun niche to be in because it's going to constantly, you're never going to run out of ideas. Well, that's the know? great thing about being it's, an entrepreneur, yeah. right? Is, is, you know, they're, they're the possibilities are endless and that's what I love about this yeah. job and and being an entrepreneur yeah. and nobody's your boss you choose you know if that doesn't sound interesting to you mm-hmm. you don't have to do it yeah you know what's your process for reading in terms of do you give it two chapters and then you're like uh 
I'm, I'm bored or do you always stick it out to the end? Like what's your kind of, do you have a, a, a process in that? Yeah, I do. And it's, it's really hard for me to not finish a book, even if I don't like it. Okay. Um, uh, most of the books that I pick up are either because I have chosen them, you know, business books or mm-hmm. books I'm motivated by or event books. And I'm not going to do an event unless I'm really interested in the book. Yeah. Um, but I have picked up books that I wasn't really that enthralled with and not that they weren't good books. They just weren't, yeah. you know, for me, but I force myself to read them because I feel like somebody wrote this for a reason. Mm-hmm. They have a point to tell. They have a particular viewpoint. They have a background. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to try to learn something from every book I read. Now, other people would say, you know, why waste your time? There's a million other books out there. Yeah. And I totally get that. And I think I try to do that. But when it comes down to it, my OCD won't let me not finish a book. <laughs> <laughs> so note to authors, she'll yeah. always finish your book if you, if well, you get it in her hands. Right? Well, here's the thing is when I, you know, when I do an adventure by the book event, I feel like I owe it to the author to read their book. Sure. You know, I want to understand what the book's about so that I can help create the best event for them possible mm-hmm. and for the readers. Um, so I owe it to them. I, you know, I take my job really seriously. I love my job, but I do believe that um, I want to make it the best it can be for the adventurers and for the authors. Yeah, great. Love what you're doing. Absolutely love what you're doing. So I can't believe how quickly that our time has come. Oh my gosh. It's gone, right? We yeah, could talk forever. We could talk forever. <laughs> you are definitely coming back for part two at some Thank point you. because I know you, always, to. you have a lot to say and I love what the work that you're doing. So um, before we end, um, we always um, end our podcast with our rapid response. Okay. So this is just super fun, hopefully on your part. So don't give this a lot of thought, just whatever pops into your head. Okay. Um, title of your lifetime movie. My lifetime movie. Um, Life is an adventure to live and not a problem to solve. Oh, good. If you could change places with any celebrity right this minute, who would it be? Ooh, I'm not a celebrity person. So. <laughs> Maybe an author. Okay, an author. Oh my gosh. Uh, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm just okay, stumped, that's okay. I'm sorry. That's okay, we'll pass. When do you feel happiest? Um, every day when I get out of bed and think I have a, a, a great new day to look forward to. Yeah, good. If you're running for politics, what would be your campaign promise? Oh my God, I will never run for politics, <laughs> ever. It's so funny but that you're not the only one, the only guest who said that. <laughs> my promise would be that I am going to work my damnedest to make sure that people connect with each other. Okay. If you, uh, ultimate dinner party, what four guests do you invite? Ooh, well, of course, William Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Eleanor Roosevelt. Um, a great thinker. Who would I think? Um, somebody that's living. Um, um and Maura Lindbergh. I love her book, Gifts from the Sea. That okay. inspires me every day. Um, those are the three that pop into my okay. mind. Good. Um, right this minute, you have to get a tattoo. No questions asked. What are you getting? Why? Um, I would probably get a, um, I don't know, a book. Yeah. <laughs> it seems appropriate for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a book with a little airplane. Yes. Right? A little adventure, right? <laughs> uh, biggest pet peeve in business? Um, copycat. Okay. Um, what is your wish for the next generation? Um, that they understand the power of 
um, connecting with people on a personal basis, not just through social media, the internet, um, but in person. Okay. Uh, when does your light shine the brightest? When I'm with my family and my kids. Great. So what is your big ask, either personal or professional, right this minute, and how can we help you? Oh, wow. Okay, my big ask is... Um, uh, I want everybody to come to an Adventures by the Book event. Yes. And I want um, every book club to sign up, register for free um, on novelnetwork.com to become a book club member and connect with authors. Great. Well, thank you so much for saying yes. When I asked you to be on the podcast, you are amazing. Thank you. Um, What's the best way for our listeners to reach you? Um, They can email me, susan at adventuresbythebook.com. They can go to our website, either um, novelnetwork.com or adventuresbythebook.com. Great. And we'll make sure we get those in the show notes um, as well. So thank you for listening to the Big Ass Podcast and for spending time with Susan and me today. Reviews and sharing our podcast is the best way you can help a podcast grow. If you like what you heard, please give us a quick rating or review. To stay connected with the Big Ass Podcast, find us on Facebook and Instagram at Big Ask Podcast. Until next time, I hope you find your voice and put your big ask out into the world so you can create the life you want to live. Have a great day, Susan. Thank you. You too, Nicole. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Big Ass Podcast. Like what you heard? Subscribe to and share the podcast with your friends. And be sure to connect with me on social at Miss Nicole Matthews or at Big Ask Podcast. Until next time, let today be the day you make a big ask. Big Ask.